Board Round, session number 24. The moment you step foot on campus as a medical student, you are gearing up for one of the biggest tests you'll ever have to take, USMLE Step 1 or Comlex Level 1. The medical school headquarters and board vitals are going to help you prepare for your first board exam with questions, pearls of information, and guidance to make sure you have what it takes to score high and match into your specialty of choice. Welcome to Board Rounds. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. Did you know that I also host Specialty Stories, a podcast dedicated to helping you figure out what specialty you want to practice? Go to specialtystories.com and listen to the interviews that I have with physicians about why they chose their specialty, what, what they like about it, what they don't like about it, and much more. Again, that's specialtystories.com. And if you're preparing for step one or level one, which I assume you are if you are listening to this podcast, you can maximize your board prep by going to boardvitals.com and checking out their prepare or master plan, three or six month plan. In both of those, you get access to their 1700 plus question QBank. You get detailed explanations and rationales for every question targeted to the boards that you are going to be taking. You can access them anytime, anywhere, because it's all online you get a 100% pass guarantee as well with those two plans. Again, boardvitals.com. Use the promo code BOARDROUNDS to save 15% off on your purchase. Let's go ahead and jump in, say hello to Karen, and see what questions she's going to stump me with this week. Karen, welcome back for some more Board Rounds. How are you doing today? Hi, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. What do we have in store for us today? Today, we have... a one of those questions that um, test your knowledge of all those charts that you see about uh, hepatitis uh, V antigens and antibodies and how they appear and disappear during the course of infection. Oh, that's fun. So it touches on that, but yeah. um, a 45-year-old male presents with sudden onset of flu-like symptoms and yellowing eyes, which he thought looked scary to him when he saw his reflection in the mirror. His past medical history reveals uh, positive hepatitis B infection, and his labs reveal elevated ALT and AST levels. Uh, the ID consult suspects that he may now be super infected with hepatitis D. Hepatitis D virus can only propagate in the presence of hepatitis B. The presence of which of the following components of hepatitis B viral protein is necessary to allow hepatitis D uh, infection? And the answers are HBX, which is, I suppose, hepatitis um, uh, BX antigen. Doesn't say it might be antibody. B is hepatitis B core antigen. HBC AG, C is hepatitis B surface antigen, D is hepatitis B E antigen, and E is hepatitis B uh, virus DNA polymerase. All right. Oh. Not that bad, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, not that bad. Um, so we have X, B, uh, the core antigen, surface antigen, E antigen, and DNA polymerase. Um. So this is one where I can't even try to reason. Um, so y you said, let's, let's go back to the core of the question here. You said 
the hepatitis D can only propagate when? In the presence of hepatitis B virus, you know, it's, it's effective RNA virus, right? I remember that. Yeah. From, yeah. So it needs uh, hepatitis B uh, to become, to create, an, you know, to, to survive, basically, uh, to replicate. To replicate. That's the only clue you get. Yeah. No, you just basically, it's basically asking which one of these components allows hepatitis C to propagate, to replicate. Yeah. Oh. And remind me, so the answer choice B and sure. C, it was hepatitis B core, they, they were all antigens? Yeah, hepatitis B um, X was the first one. And then there were three, um, hepatitis B, C, uh, core antigen, surface antigen, and then D was E antigen. I'm not sure what that stands for. Oh, envelope, I guess. And then the final one was hepatitis B uh, DNA polymerase. Oh, okay. Uh, X is, I think, that's uh, the X protein. Uh, it's an antigen as well, okay. but it's just usually expressed HBX. So I, I have, yeah. If I try to remember uh, core versus surface, uh, like if the if you have core antigen floating around, that tells me that that I think that there's like active infection, active stuff going on. And so, if you're saying D can only happen if there's uh, hepatitis B that's kind of going on. B core sounds sounds like the right answer, but again, that's a guess. Um, yeah, that's a hard one uh, to reason. I think you'd have to remember or, uh, yeah, have recently studied, um, you know, the actual viral structure. So hepatitis D is an envelope single-stranded RNA virus, um, and it can't make its own surface antigens, but it requires... Uh, yeah, it requires the hepatitis B surface antigen, uh, which is actually the envelope protein. I didn't realize that. It can so hepatitis D can only be acquired either by co-infection or superinfection of an HPV carrier. So co-infection is like the acute infection. This is actually interesting. Um, co-infection is you know a double acute infection, superinfection of a carrier. It's pretty self-explanatory. Um, this, but Co-infection only results in chronic hepatitis in 2% of cases. This is HDV is a pretty uh, virulent pathogen. And in the superinfection results in chronic hepatitis in over 90% of cases. It's often a fulminant hepatitis with rapid progression of cirrhosis in up to about 80% of cases. So the, the incidence of this, you know, this type of viral infection has really declined a lot since the development and widespread use of the hepatitis B vaccine, but um, yeah, it's it's still a problem in developing countries. And from my reading, it actually um, in a lot of underdeveloped countries, uh, it you know it's passed on through like migrants to more developed countries. So it's important to keep pushing that hepatitis B. Obviously, there's no vaccine for hepatitis D, but important to make people aware of their hepatitis. Uh, um, you know, B immunity and the potential for this really virulent super infection. Yeah. And the other ones. So let's go through okay. hepatitis BX is the X protein of hepatitis B virus. It's implicated in viral transcription replication and it's also implicated in uh, an increased uh, risk of hepatocellular carcinoma. It's for some type of a uh, 
expression of, of this X protein gene. Not all of its functions are that well known. And quite frankly, when I was in medical school, that wasn't even a thing, hepatitis B X protein. Um, it, it is not the missing protein. The core antigen is, as you said, it's an indicator of active viral replication. And uh, it's also a determinant of whether an individual is able to trans, you know, a transmissibility of the infection, but it's not the necessary component. Viral protein, I think this is one you just had to know or remember. Hepatitis B E antigen um, can act as a marker of viral replication and infectivity, but that's not the necessary component either. And the polymerase is not necessary uh, for HCV to replicate. They, the option was a DNA polymerase. HCV uses the host's um, hepatocyte polymerases to produce a complementary RNA. All right, there you have it. Another great question and hopefully some good rationale behind those answers and why the right one was right and why the wrong ones were wrong. And hopefully me getting it wrong doesn't throw you off too much. Uh, I try my best to come into these cold with no preconceived knowledge so that I can kind of be like you, although you have a lot more knowledge than I do at this point. Um, I come in fresh and try to just really break down the questions to the best of my ability. So if you enjoy this podcast, thank you. Share it with your friends, your family, anyone who will listen, anyone with a smartphone, let them know it is out there. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on Board Rounds. This is MedEd Media.